In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey, everyone. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope you'll subscribe to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution print edition, where you can read not only all of my coverage of Atlanta United, but you can read our excellent coverage of the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Braves, the Atlanta Hawks, the University of Georgia, Georgia Tech, your local news, your local lifestyle elements, whatever you need that's going on in the metro Atlanta region, you can find in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This is a special edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast because today I'm going to be joined by ESPN's John Champion. You may know his voice from his more than 20 years covering the Premier League uh, for BBC in various places. You may know it from listening to him call both World Cup and Champions League. So I'm very excited to talk to John today. We've already talked ahead of time about a few topics, but I hope you'll give the podcast a listen. And again, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and I hope you'll subscribe to the paper. So here's my interview with Mr. Champion. So, John, I know you go back a ways with Atlanta United President Darren Eels. Uh, just talk about what you remember from your first meeting and, and what you've seen from him both at Spurs and here now. Okay, well, it goes back beyond Spurs, in fact. So my first meeting with him was when he was the, the sort of legal eagle um, helping the board at West Bromwich Albion. Okay. And I was first introduced to him in the boardroom, where the, the chairman and the directors tend to meet before and after the game, after calling a match at the, the Hawthorne. So yeah. that was the first time. And we just hit it off at that stage. We're roughly similar ages. And, um, and yeah, we, we just we, we clicked. And from that point on, we've, we've stayed in touch. So a couple of years after that, he took the job at, at Tottenham. And I used to see him at Tottenham in similar circumstances, and I would often call him just to see what was going on behind the scenes at Spurs. And then I hadn't sort of investigated his American past, if you like, his time at Brown, yeah. for example. So I wasn't perhaps as fully aware as some of his credentials to come and take this job here. But wow, I mean, I think he, he smashed it out of the park. Um, and knowing him as I do, I'm not surprised by that, because... He is a man whose profile was never high in the UK, but that was really because he didn't have a platform to have that profile. Okay. He wasn't the president. He wasn't the chairman. He was a behind-the-scenes administrative figure, critical, certainly on the legal front at West Brom, and then at Tottenham, he was the man that smoothed the path for all the transfers. So when Harry Redknapp was the manager, 
Darren would be the man putting all the deals together behind the scenes together with the, the chairman Daniel Levy but that wasn't really a role that allowed him to go out and say hey look at me I've got a really nice personality and I'm going to share it with you come and support my club because otherwise the chairman would have been looking at him and saying that's not your role what are you doing but here of course Arthur Blank's given him the freedom to do that and he's embraced it yeah, I was sharing with John before the interview how there was a group of journalists who came here last year. They were from London, and they couldn't believe how engaging Darren was with the fans because mm-hmm. back in London, they never saw him. He was in his office all yes. the time, never had a role, as John was saying, to go out and, and mingle with the people. And, you know, I don't know if he would wanted to uh, in some cases. Yeah. Uh, a little bit passionate, as we saw today, unfortunately, uh, in, nor- in northern England in the, in the Aston Villa-Birmingham game. Um, so you've been here to Atlanta a few times. This is, will be your third time. We're talking mm-hmm. before the Cincinnati game, seeing Atlanta United live. But you have a little bit of a history with the city. A little bit. I was here working for the BBC at the Olympic Games in, in 1996. So I've, I've got happy memories. I mean, apart from the dreadful events in Centennial right, Park, right. which are etched on mine and many other memories forever. Um, but, but generally happy memories of, of a month very contentedly spent in this city so it's it's nice to be back I've flown through the airport many times <laughs> and I've had that that tantalizing glimpse of the new stadium right where you you fly over and it looks like the Mercedes hubcap and it looks wonderful and just, <laughs> I want to call the game there right and it's taken about two years to actually get to this stage Darren promised me at one stage that he, he would invite me if nothing else to come and watch a game here. oh that's great fortunately I haven't had to revert to that I'm actually here in a professional Capacity, Because that's the other link I had with Darren. He called me up about three, three and a half years ago when Atlanta United were looking for their name mm-hmm. and looking for their crest. And uh, he asked me to, to narrate the, the reveal video. So I sat in this little box studio in Soho in London with him directing me like a film director from, <laughs> from 4,000 miles away. <laughs> that is great. I'm, 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 that night, I'm, I was having a write from both those nights, so I need to go back and watch the video. Um, because I do remember the images... I just need to go back and watch it because I was, you know, trying to pound out work at that point. Yes, of course. Um, so were there any haunts that you remembered from the Olympics that you would hope to go back to at, at, when you came last week for the or two weeks ago for the Ardiano game or do today? Know, do you know, I was in one of them last night. Uh, Mians, the Irish, the Irish okay. bar on Peach Street, I'm afraid. And I was surprised that the staff didn't recognize me 23 years old because I, I was in there enough in 1996. But no, Taylor Twelman and I had a great night in there. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so how has the city changed just from your perspective? What do you remember of it then compared to now? It's difficult because you visit so many big cities around yeah. the world and, and sometimes for all their individual values, they sort of merge into one and you can't quite remember. But when, when the, the Uber took me from the airport and we were driving down Peach Street and I saw the tall hotels, that all came back. I'm trying to figure out which hotel I stayed in. Okay. So I'm, I'm staying here in the Hyatt Regency, which is very nice, but of course it's linked to the Hilton and the mm-hmm. Marriott. And I'm sure I was in one of those. Yeah. And I have a feeling it's the Hyatt Regency because I remember that feeling of vertigo looking out <laughs> the balcony into the atrium, you know, with the, the great big Olympic torch yeah. figurine there as well. I'm not ashamed to say I've gotten lost in those places more than once just trying to find my way around various things and I grew up here um, now you're, you're now uh, one of the league, the league guy for ESPN for Major League Soccer you know it's a little bit different than the Premier League mm-hmm. uh, in terms of there's parity in Major League Soccer more so Leicester aside and the Premier League are you looking forward to that this year I am I think it's more of a test of management and recruitment here than perhaps working for an English Premier League club where the size of the club's resources and therefore its checkbook is so great that you know Manchester City are always going to be up there mm-hmm. from here on in Liverpool will be there or thereabouts so will Manchester United if you're Bournemouth even if you're Leicester City yes they had one lightning in a bottle season but how do they compete on a longer term basis whereas here 
yeah, things are, are levelled out. And to me, that brings excitement. It also brings a, a slight frustration that it's not in in my terms, a completely open, free competition. Mm. But I think I prefer this, whereby, yes, it's down to the skills of the coaching staff and the recruitment staff to determine how a team actually fares. Is there? Uh, you said you look forward to coming here. Where mm. else are you looking forward to going this season? Well, I've been to a few of the, the really good MLS stadiums as well. I mean, this has been held up to me all the way through as being the highlight and the best. And from what I've seen so far, I can see why. But one of the reasons I came over here was that I'd had tasters over the last four or five years with ESPN, with them getting me over to call five or six games a year. So I've been to Seattle. I've been to Toronto. I've been to many of the big NFL stadiums through the ICC Mm -hmm. in the summer. And I've been to some of the smaller venues as well. I did the US Open Cup in uh, Sporting Kansas City a couple of years Mm -hmm. ago. Um, and uh, and Colorado, I did a, did a game there. Skeljan Gashi scored from extraordinary distance, and that taught me what it's like playing at altitude. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a it's been a learning curve, but it's also been a voyage of discovery. Mm-hmm. And I think that was part of the reason for coming. Really, I've I've been very lucky. I've sort of achieved everything I could want to and more in thirty plus years in the in the UK. And you mm-hmm. do get to the stage where you sort of think I'm telling this story again. I've told this story four times before. And I'm not saying that I'm turning my back on the, the EPL forever, right. but for the next five years, I just thought this would be this would be really good to be part of something that's improving and growing and getting a bigger profile year on year. Well, that sounds great. That sounds like a fun challenge. Yeah, I think it is. And, and I've got my, well, part of my family coming over. We've got four kids, but the youngest one is going to come over and go to high school in Boston. Oh, nice. So we found out yesterday that he's got a place at a high school in Brookline, and my wife will accompany him. So I am Billy Nomates <laughs> on my own in this country for five months in a fairly grey apartment in Boston, and then they'll come over and we'll rent a house and, and really settle into American life. Well, Taylor's pretty good company. Yeah, yeah, small doses, <laughs> Small doses, Doug. <laughs> Was well, there anything that you would like to promote that you have upcoming, social media, anything like that? No, no nothing in particular. I mean, I'm just, I'm just here um, to have a new experience, to go through different thought processes. That's nice. Rather than turning at Old Trafford for the tenth time that season, and you know everyone, and you know where to go to ask a question, and people sidle up to you and give you information, I need to start thinking again, mm. rather than just being automatic. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing for me so nothing particularly on the social media front but I hope that what little social media I have will reflect the fact that I'm having fun well that's fantastic thank you very much Doug it's great to meet you great to meet you I'm Ernie Suggs race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and I'm Ned Ravone lifestyle columnist Atlanta has been known as the black mecca for so many years but that means something different to everybody it means everything to me I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologeticallyATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.